turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter number 13. Uh, and as you know, over the last few weeks, we've been dealing with the subject preparing for greater. Everybody say preparing for greater. Glory to God. Preparing for greater. And it's so critically important that we understand that God has great things in store for us. Israel's journey from Egypt uh, to the promised land was literally a picture uh, for the church today. The Bible lets us know that that many of the things that happened to the nation of Israel happened for our admonition and for our instructions. When you look at Old Testament uh, uh, happenings, there's a lot of typology in there. And it gives us a, 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 just say for instance, Moses, when he delivered the children of Israel out of uh, bondage in Egypt is, is Moses in that role was a type of Christ because Christ is our deliverer. How many of y'all will readily admit that there was a point in time in your life where you were bound in sin? Can I get one witness up in him? Can I get one somebody who's been delivered? Who will readily say, Pastor, I was all wrapped up and tied up in the sin. And somebody who will say, Pastor, while I was in it, I was enjoying it for a season. For a season, amen? Because the Bible says sin is pleasant for what? A season. But when that season is up, all hell starts to break loose. Can I get a witness? That dude who you thought was the best thing since sliced light bread now becomes the worst thing since cyanide, Amen? <laughs> So thank God for his delivering power. Because I can look back over my life and know that the Lord has delivered me. He's brought me out. Glory to God. So Numbers, the 13th chapter. And we're going we're gonna to try to move along here swiftly today. I thank God for you. Thank God for this opportunity he's given us to be alive and in this, and in this place. I thank God for the Elizabeth Baptist Church in Benton, Louisiana. A, a church that I believe, amen, uh, has the heart of God at the very core of everything that we do. And I thank God for you. Thank God for your spirit. Thank God for your support. And, and, and I know that I couldn't do what I do here without a people like you sitting in the pews, amen, and being engaged in the work of ministry here, amen. So I thank God for each one of you all. So Numbers 13, chapter verse number one, we're going to read there. Uh, and we know we're not going to review what we talked about before, but one thing, we, the three things I wanted to, Make sure you remember was that Israel had some issues that they were dealing with. Three problems was number one, they what? We said they walked in what? Fear. They were walking in fear. Number two, that what was the second thing? They they were walking in unbelief. And the third thing we said was what? They were complaining. They were whiners. They were murmurers constantly. Amen. Crying with a loaf of bread under their arm. Amen. Not being appreciative of what the Lord had done for them. And so they, but yet still, out of all of that, although they were walking in fear, although they were walking in unbelief, although they were complaining a lot, they were still what? God's people. And don't you realize and don't you know that God, before he ever saved us, knew how we were going to be. But he saved us anyhow. Isn't that a trip? God knew we were going to cut up and do what we did three years ago or two years ago. 
But he saved us in him because he's the God who sees everything. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He's the ever knowing, omniscient God. But yet still, he's loved us enough to say, I'm going to I'm going to die for you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to have personal relationship with me. So thank God that he, that, that he didn't throw. He doesn't throw us away. Amen. Numbers 13, verse number one says, now the Lord said to Moses. Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I am giving to the Hittites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. Let's keep reading. It says what? So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. How many of y'all know it's a good thing to do what the Lord commands you to do? Hallelujah. Uh, he sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. Uh, these were the tribes and the names of their leaders. Tribe leader Reuben. Uh, Shema, son of Zakur, Simeon, uh, Shaphat, son of Horai. Let's keep reading. Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, Issachar, Ilgal, son of Joseph, uh, Ephraim, Hoshea, son of Nun. Y'all going to read with me, (laughs) y'all? I'm just trying to test you. I'm trying to test you. All right. Benjamin, some of y'all are like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. No, no, that ain't what it said, okay? We'll keep moving, okay? But Benjamin, Palatai, son of Raphael, let's go. So Zebulon, Gadi, son of Zodah, uh, Manasseh, son of Joseph, Gadai, son of Susi, uh, Dan, Amiel, son of Jamali, Asher, Sethur, son of Michael, let's go. Naphtali, Nabai, son of Vashai, uh, Gad, Gerul, son of Makai, all right? These are the names of the men Moses sent out to explore the land. Moses called Hoshea, son of, son, son of Nun, by the name of Joshua. Now, let's read the next part of this. Verse 17 says, Moses gave the, the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Nevin unto the hill country. Okay? So see what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or few. Strong or weak, few or many. We're going to stop right here, okay? Because I want I I to bring it back up to speed. Remember, Moses, uh, before he got to this stage, of leading the people uh, had to be prepared for leadership, right? We, our key thought from this passage, from this lesson series was God's people sometimes experience divine purging and discipline in preparation for greater blessing. And Moses surely, even though at the age of 40, it looked like he had it going on, he still was not ready and prepared for the journey that God had ordained him to walk in. Sometimes we can look like we're ready and we're really not ready. Can I get a witness? And the thing that I want you to look at is on your outline, we have this right here. Moses had to learn this, and we're going to have to learn this too. Growth doesn't just happen. Amen? We have to become intentional learners. Amen? Growth doesn't just happen. Moses had to grow, and God knew he had to take him through a process. Now, I want you to turn with me real quickly to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. Y'all know this. 1 Peter 2, verse 1, down through verse number 3. We'll read that real quickly. Because growth doesn't just happen. So if you're going to grow spiritually, it will not happen just by you showing up on Sunday. Even in your personal life, you will not grow personally as a person if you don't take time to be intentional about your personal growth. Can I get a witness? You will not even eat healthy and eat right if you're not intentional about eating healthy and eating right. Right? You know, one of the things that, that sometimes I struggle with is, is being intentional about what I'm going to eat 
that day. How many of y'all wake up in the morning and just, you just, you know you're going to get hungry, but you never think about what you're going to eat all day long. You know you're going to eat, but then when breakfast comes, or some of you skip breakfast like I do a lot of times, but when lunchtime comes around, how many of y'all have this mindset, well, I know I'm going to eat something, but uh, I don't know what I want to eat. How many of y'all go pick your wives up for lunch and y'all have the deep discussion where you want to go today? I don't know. You pick. Okay, I pick. I don't want to go there. Anybody? We're not in. Most of us are not intentional about what we're going to eat throughout the day. We just know we get hungry and we're going to go, what, find something. But if you're going to eat healthy and eat wise and eat to the point to where you, you, you know, your, your body has, there are certain foods that produce, produces energy and, 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 and gives you strength to be able to move forward throughout the day. And there are certain foods you can eat that can have you kind of sluggish. Did y'all know that? I know it, yeah, but sometimes I don't follow it. See, that's another problem, too, knowing something but not doing or following is another situation, too, right? Because you can't grow if you ignore, amen, the tenets of growth. All right, so, so, so most of us don't even think about that. And most of us, just like we don't think about what we're going to eat throughout the day or the week, most of us don't think about our own personal growth and even our own spiritual growth. We know we're coming to church on Sunday, but that's the extent of our thinking about how we're going to grow. Look at what Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 1. Can we read out loud and on purpose? Let's read. It. Let's read. So get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Verse 2 says what? Like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. When was the last time you cried out for the nourishment of the word of God? When was the last time you, at the end of the service, you said, oh, pastor, don't stop now. Give me about 15 minutes more of word because I need to be nourished some more. Anybody in the house? It's rare that I heard y'all say all when I stop. Every night. <laughs> I just, just, just haven't heard it. But he says, he says, he says, like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Verse number three says what? Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. KDB says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. So, so, so growth has to be intentional. Growth doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional learners in order to grow. Go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse number 11. Let's watch this. I'm just giving you this, and we're going to jump back in. Because, again, the things that happened to Israel, the things that even happened to Moses, were, 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 were lessons for us, guys. And so let's try to learn, amen, from uh, the children of Israel. Learn how to, to grow and learn how to become prepared for greater blessing. God had a land promised to them, and that land was for them. God had ordained it, but an entire generation failed to reap the benefit of the promise that God had for them. 
Just because God has it for you don't mean you'll walk in it. All right. Watch this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. Let's read. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Watch this. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Watch this. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Now he's talking to the church and he's telling the church when we uh, uh, embrace these gifts that he's placed inside the church and those giftings equip us in the church, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Look at verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, growing, growing. Everybody say growing, 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 growing. The theme I'm going to be talking about today is growing, 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 because here's what I've discovered. God loves every last one of us, but God is God. God is looking for us to grow in our faith. When we grow, we prepare ourselves for greater responsibility and for greater blessing. But when we refuse to grow because we're not intentional about our growth then God cannot use us at the level that he wants to use us at. And I'm here to tell you that what God has for this church, every last one of us in here need to commit to growing spiritually, to growing as a person, to growing uh, uh, in our life. I mean, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, growing more and more like Christ. My attitude ought to be more and more like Christ the longer I'm saved. My attitude ought to transform from the Jones attitude, the Smith attitude, the Gilliard attitude, the Hill attitude, the Kirk attitude, the Johnson attitude, the Vincent attitude, to God's attitude, Christ's attitude. He says, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. Look at the next verse 16 says, what? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, as each part, as each part of the body of Christ, you are part of the body of Christ, as each part does its own special work, what does it do? It helps the other parts grow. Do you, do you understand why I'm so invested in making sure that each one of us individually, amen, are growing in our faith so that we're doing what we can do? Because here's what it says here. As each part, that's you, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So my growth and the growth of this body is tied to you doing your part. Is that what it says? Watch it now. Watch it. He says, watch. He says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, check this out. Uh, as, as they say on the street, peep this, right? Watch this. Y'all didn't know I knew that, did you? Okay? Peep this. Watch it. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So, so, so if I were to just kind of pick this apart, if each part doesn't do its own special work, 
then they, it won't be helping the other parts grow. So part of my growth is tied to this individual in this body doing their own unique special part to help me grow, to help the rest of this church grow. So that's why it's important. You, we have a vested interest in your spiritual development. Can I get a witness? Now watch this, watch this. So, so in order for Moses, listen to me carefully, in order for Moses to reach his potential, he had to grow. And so God took him, amen, from Egypt when he killed that Egyptian uh, who, was, uh, who was beating that Hebrew slave. And when it was his time to go, he went to, to the backside of the desert in Midian and was preparing. God prepared him for 40 years for this journey that he had at the latter part of his life. Moses, in order for him to reach his potential, he had to grow. Your potential, your potential is what you could be. The person you can become. Let's repeat that. Let's make it perfect. Say, say my potential. Say it again. Say my potential is what I could be. The person I can become. A couple of things. You discover your purpose. If to discover your purpose, you need to grow in self-awareness. In other words, self-awareness means that I, I'm aware of myself. In other words, I, I know my strengths and my weakness. I know where I need help and I know where I'm strong and I know where I need, I, I, I need to come up to speed. And I'm, I'm, I'm self-aware. Some people are not self-aware. Some people don't know about themselves, certain things about themselves that maybe you know, but they don't even know. They don't have a clue. They're not self-aware, but I need to become self-aware uh, so, so that I can be uh, 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 positioned to grow like God wants me to go. go. So, so to become a better human being, you, you need to grow in character. Is that true? Right? Here's another thing. To advance in your career, you need to grow in your skill set. Right? Craig, if you're going to be that master barber that you are right now, you, you, you grow. And, there, and then even as you're you know, doing your barbering work, there's some other things and some stuff you're doing now that you didn't do when you first started, right? Man, I've seen one of your videos where you, you know, you made a man's hair grow look like. Now, I don't know what you call that, but I mean, but I, but I saw when you did that, it, you know, when he, let, he came in one way, he said, I thought you probably could transform me in a week, couldn't you? <laughs> Were you able to do that when you first started? No. So he had to grow. And so as he grows in his skill set, then now his potential for income grows. Can I get a witness? His potential for serving his customers at a high level grows. Amen. So to advance in your career, you need to grow in your skills to be a better spouse or parent. You need to grow in the relationship building process, knowing how to relate to people and to reach your financial goals. How many of y'all want to reach your financial goals? You need to grow in your knowledge about how money works. It's amazing to me how all of us want money, but nobody wants to study how money works. It's amazing to me that, that, that most people want money, but then they never take the time to read a book on how to make your money make money. Most of us want to get out of paycheck to paycheck, but we never sit down and evaluate where we actually are. Never sit down to write down on paper what's coming in and what's going out. Don't have a budget. We just wake up and think, okay, Lord, I'm praying, God, I'm looking for a breakthrough. Yes, a breakthrough is coming, but you're spending too much money. Do you honestly think 
that God is going to bless you with more when you're not handling what he's giving you right now? Do you honestly think he's going to give you a, a bullet, amen, uh, to, to shoot your own self with? God's not going to do that. Sometimes we think we're ready for stuff that we're not ready for. So if, if I'm going to reach my financial goals and I need to grow in my knowledge about how money works and to enrich my soul, you and I both need to grow spiritually. Amen. The specifics of growth may change from person to person, but the principles are the same for everybody. Can I get a witness? Preparing for greater requires us to grow. Moses had to grow. And now here we see the children of Israel as we come to this 13th chapter of the book of Numbers. We know the story, most of us who've been in church, but as we study this, we begin to see that God had a greater blessing, a greater land for them. But we're going to see there are some things that transpired in their life, and it's directly related to their lack of growth that they didn't experience. An entire generation failed to experience what God had truly planned for them. John Maxwell talks about uh, growth gaps and some things I thought was real interesting. So I, I gave you, I put it down on your, on your outline. He talks about growth gaps. He says most people have one or more mistaken beliefs creating gaps that keep them from growing and reaching their potential. Sometimes we believe stuff that's not true. It's because we've been fed that all of our lives. There are times we believe stuff that's not true because we hang around with people who talk about stuff that's not true. They talk about it as if it is true, but because they don't know what they're talking about and you're hanging out with them, you start not knowing what you're talking about. Are y'all with me today? So he says some mistaken beliefs that create growth gaps. Amen. The first one he says was the assumption gap. In other words, I assume that I will automatically grow. And that's what I was getting at earlier. Many of you sitting here right now assume that growth comes automatically. When we are children, our bodies, our, when we are children, our bodies grow automatically. Is that correct? When we're children, all things being equal, we grow. Uh, that child at birth is not the same size as that child at one year old, right? Can I get a witness? As a matter of fact, before that child even exits the mother's womb, he has grown from the time of conception. Am I right about that, Nancy? Nancy, you, you're, 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 you are all baby stomach now. And, but that baby has grown from the time of conception. Is that right? He's, 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 he's gotten bigger, and that comes naturally, man. But many of us, just like we grow uh, uh, physically uh, without really any effort on our part, it happens. Many people go into adulthood believing that mental, spiritual, and emotional growth follows a similar pattern as our physical growth. And that is not the case. Amen. Uh, how many of y'all have discovered that uh, by now that, that we don't improve just by living? Huh? Amen. We have to be intentional about growing in whatever area of life that we need to grow in, amen? Personal growth, spiritual growth doesn't just happen on its own. And once you're done with your formal education, guys, hear me carefully, you got to take complete ownership of the growth process because nobody else is going to do it for you. What do I mean by that? See, by law, amen, you're required to go to school. As a matter of fact, they have what they call, uh, this. You know, in certain districts, they have a person who's, Whose, whose sole responsibility is to make sure kids are in school. And in some district I've read where they'll take the parents to jail if the children miss too many days of school. 
what's it called? Truancy, right? All right? So, so society even says that, that, that we're going to give you a formal education, and part of that formal education is that you go to school, amen, amen, on a consistent basis, that you be there and that you don't miss too many days. But guess what? After your formal education is complete, after you walk across that straight stage, throwing your hat up in the air, knowing you just got out, but you got out. We got to give you kudos. You made it out. From that point forward, no one will make you read a book. From that point forward, no one will, will, will make you study how to do something better. From that point forward, no one will, will, will force you. And, and by law, you don't have to continue to learn. I want to ask you a question. Since you graduated high school, how many books have you read? Don't, 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 don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Okay. Since, since, since you uh, uh, completed whatever you completed, high school or college, whatever, when was the last time you, 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 you were intentional about learning how to do something else better? I mean, even if it means learning how to cook better. How many of you get a cookbook and try new recipes so you can grow in your, in your culinary uh, uh, responsibilities? Or your culinary skill sets. Most people don't do anything beyond what they already have. What they already have learned and what they, you know, where they are right now. So if we're going to grow, amen, we got to make sure that we don't get into this assumption gap, assuming that we're going to grow uh, automatically because it doesn't happen. And that, 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 that leads me into my next part. Uh, guys, don't assume that you're going to grow spiritually just because you come to church every Sunday. And that's where we are. Right now, I think, in, in, as it relates to ministry here and in other churches across this land and country, there are too many Christians who I believe are born again and they've made a decision for Christ, but they assume that growth is going to take place with them just showing up on Sundays. And we're not intentional about growing spiritually. We read 1 Peter 2 and, 2 and 2 says, As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Amen? And so if, 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 if I'm not crying out for nourishment from the word, then, then I'm not going to be getting that nourishment because I can't feed you all the time. I mean, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to take the word of God. I'm going to try to break it down as plain as I can possibly break it down so that when you leave here, you leave here not only will you be hopefully inspired, but you'll know how to apply the word to your life. See, many people come to church just to be inspired and to be exhorted. And they say, Rev preached a good sermon, but I want you to know what Rev talked about. Y'all don't even call me Rev. Don't call me Rev anyhow, okay? But <laughs> Reverend's as holy as his name. That's his whole other story right there, okay? But I, I, I'm just Doyle Adams, a man called by God to feed the sheep here. But guess what? Your feeding should not just be relegated to me. You have a part to play in your spiritual growth. So don't, don't, don't automatically assume, amen, that you're going to grow. Uh, it, it doesn't happen automatically. Number two, the knowledge gap. In other words, some people had a mistaken belief that, that I don't know how to grow. Many people learn only from the school of hard knocks. How many of y'all have learned some hard lessons in life? Difficult experiences, I, I grant you, teach you lessons the hard way. And, 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 and you can sometimes change for the good or the better as a result of it. But those kind of lessons are random and they can be very difficult. Can I get a witness? It's much better to plan your growth intentionally. Listen, learn, amen, what the word of God says about 
growing spiritually and then connect yourself to that process so you can grow and be the person that you want to grow, that you want to be, that God wants you to be. We all, he also talked about the timing gap. People have a mistaken belief that it's not, it's not the right time to begin this growth process. I'm, well, I'm going to wait till I get a little bit older, Pastor. You know, right now I'm, I'm 25, I'm, I'm, I'm a young adult, and I, there's a lot of stuff I want to experience. A lot of stuff I want to do. Uh, uh, or even, even, even you're 45, 50, you get to that, that 40 year age, we talk about that midlife crisis where you, where you, you, know, you, you, know, you got your, your, your boots on and you're, and you're on your Harley and you wear your hat backwards in your shade and you want to ride across country. Oh, that's cool. But in all that, don't forget about God. Can I get a witness? In other words, the knowledge gap, people have a mistaken belief that I don't know how to grow. Well, listen, you can learn how to grow. Amen. The third thing, uh, you talk about the time of oh, the timing gap was the third thing. It's not the right time to begin. Whether you feel led or not, now is the time to start growing. Whether you feel like being in Bible study or not, now is the time to start attending. Whether you feel like getting up in the morning and, and having prayer time and, and meditation time and reading your devotional, whether you feel like it or not, now is the time to start. Feelings, come on should never be the sole determining factor on what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Because if the truth be told, there are some things that we feel like doing that are not biblical and they're not good for us. Are y'all listening to me today? So, so, so the timing gap, don't ever think that it's not the right time to start growing. Now is the appointed time. Amen. Go with me right quick. I like what 2 Corinthians 5th chapter says, verse number 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 20. Don't ever think it's not the right time. Well, you know, I got young children and, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. Uh, you know, brother pastor, you know, and, uh, you know, school night. All right. What, what, oh, let me ask you a question. I, I, I got to ask this question because it, it, it's, it's, I see it all the time. Well, your, your, your child plays basketball. And their games on Tuesday nights if they're playing varsity. And if they're playing JV and Voss, so they play on Monday night, then Tuesday night. And then sometimes on Thursday night. And then they come back, and I know Junior was doing it. He was playing JV and Voss. They played Monday night, and they played Thursday night JV, and they played Tuesday night Voss and, tu- and Friday night Voss. But you up there, hey, that's my baby. Hit that three. It's Monday night. Your child, your second grader got homework, but you there. Come on. You up in the gym. But on Wednesday night, Brother Pastor, you know, uh, um, you know, it's school time. Does the world stop when school starts? All right. You, I want to know, do we have any members in the, in the church that have kids, but they are connected to the teaching ministry? Yes, we do. And so the question becomes, what is my priority? Because I can make excuses as to why I can't, but now is the time for, for excuses to go out the window because the enemy is attacking the church. The enemy is attacking individual Christians, and we got to get to the point in our life where we do away with all kinds of excuses. Watch what Paul says here. Look at this. Look at what he says here. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Look at the next verse. It says what? Uh, into the, we're going to the, uh, into the, the next chapter. Go to the next chapter. Glory to God. Sixth chapter, verse number one. As God's partners, 
Everybody say, I'm, I'm a partner with God. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then do what? Ignore it. Now, what he said earlier in that 20th verse, the KJV says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Be, be, be in the same, be on the same page with God. And when I'm reconciled to God, he says, for he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In who? In Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ died. He was made sin so we may be claimed the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So as a result of that, he goes in this, in the sixth chapter, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are co-labors together with Christ Jesus in the earth realm. But because we are co-labors, we can't afford to forget about the gift that God gave us, the gift of salvation. And then we just ignore the responsibilities of salvation. Look at verse number two. Watch what it says here. It says, for God says, at just the right time, I hurt you. On the day of salvation, I help you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait to start growing. Don't, certainly don't wait to get saved. Many of us keep saying now is not the right time. Amen? My question to you is this. How often does God's message reach you in vain? How often does God's message come to your ear gates and it falls on deaf ears? Listen to me very carefully. How could the Corinthian believers just push aside God's message? That's what Paul was telling them. Listen, the people heard God's message but did not let it affect what they said and what they did. I'm going to repeat that. The people heard God's message but they did not let it affect what they heard, what they said, and what they did. Amen? Similar to the children of Israel, as they left Egypt, and we're headed toward the promised land. They heard what God said, but they didn't allow it to affect what they did and what they said. Because they murmured and complained. They didn't do what God told them to do. Amen. So, so how often do you come to church and you hear a word that affects your life, but you don't do anything about it? Guys, it's, it's, now is the appointed time. It's, it's time for us to start doing it. So don't have that mistaken belief that, well, it's, it's just not the right time. Amen. It may not be the right time to do certain ministry areas, but you, you can fit somewhere, right? Because we read earlier that your gift helps us to grow. So you got to fit in somewhere. Everybody say somewhere. So he, he talks about number four, the mistake gap. Many people f- fail to launch out on this journey of growth because... They have the mentality, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up. I'm going to make a mistake. Get, let, let, let me clue you into something. Growing can be a messy business, right? Amen. It, 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 see, growing means that, 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 that I, I got to admit that I don't have all the answers. And when you commit yourself to growing spiritually, personally, uh, uh, you know, physically, whatever, you, don't, you may not have all the right answers, but that's not an excuse, amen, to not move. You're going to make some mistakes in this Christian walk. Amen. All of us, as we're growing, as we move to the next level, will make decisions and choices that that maybe were not the best. It may not even be something that's sinful, but it may not be the best choice for you. Can I get a witness? And so don't be afraid of making mistakes. Amen. I, 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 listen, I believe that most people 
don't even engage in the discipleship process because it, it can be kind of messy. It can be messy for the one who's being disciple and it can be messy for the ones who's doing the discipling. Because guess what? Discipling someone takes time. You got to spend time with them, right? Jesus, before he left this earth, told us to go and do what? Make disciples. So if, if I am discipling someone and that someone I'm discipling still got a little cuss in them. Right? How many of y'all deal with Christians who still got a little cussing in them? Come on. It's, it's not nothing to be proud of, right? But you can't run away from them because they said a bad word. Now, I'm not giving you the excuses to say bad words. But, but if, if I'm going to help disciple you, I can't run away from you because you said a bad word. I can't run away from you because you, 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 you failed in the sin and you did something that was wrong. Discipling means that I got to walk with you through your mess. Hello? And some of us don't know how to walk with people through their mess. Can I get a witness? I believe that's why many Christians struggle with the discipleship process. Again, whether it's being discipled, because you're afraid that you're going to mess up and the pastor going to find out, or, or Deacon Charles going to know that you messed up. Deacon Charles going to know that you did this, or uh, Brother Danny going to find out you did this here. And so what we'll do is we'll pull ourselves away from the church because we messed up rather than running to the church and connecting with somebody who can help us walk through that mistake to get better so that when we grow, as we grow, we can become a, a believer who's ready to, to, to move with the Lord. Amen. If you want to grow, you got to get over any fear you may have of making mistakes because that's going to happen. I'm here to tell you right now, you will not do everything perfectly because we're in a learning, we're in a learning state. Man, you know, even as a minister, as a pastor, I don't do everything the right way as it relates to strategy for many, sometimes we've done stuff. We say, well, we thought that was a good idea. And it was, and we, we prayed through it. But guess what? We didn't have the people who we needed for to do that thing the right way. So that's good, but we ain't going to do it that way next time. That's why we always do what we call look back meetings. Let's look back and see what went well and what didn't go so well. And let's be honest about it. We're not going to be territorial. See, some people can't handle this because they get in the meeting, they want to defend what they did. If what you did didn't work, everybody know it didn't work. But you're in the meeting getting mad and upset because we pointing out the fact that it didn't work. It ain't personal. We're just saying that we're going to do it differently. And sometimes we put people in positions, I mean, when it comes to ministry, that, that, that may, it may not be their gifting, so it's okay. We, we make an adjustment. We still love everybody, and let's move forward. Amen? That's the way the word, amen, teaches us how to do things. But sometimes we, we, we're afraid of making mistakes, so we won't move. Don't ever get to the point where you're paralyzed by fear of making the mistake, amen? So some people don't do that because they, they're afraid of making a mistake. They don't want to grow in certain areas. We got to become intentional about our growing, amen? And so when you're intentional about growing, when you, start, when you decide to, 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 to move forward in faith, there are going to be some times you mess up. But hey, listen, God is a forgiving God. And, and so he, he loves us enough to where he's going to give us a second chance. Number five, the perfection gap. I, I have to find the best way before I start. Let, let me say this. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that, that's a mistaken belief. You have to get started first in order to find the best way. All right? Our faith walk is progressive. Everybody say progressive. 
Amen. The more I walk by faith and not by sight, the more I'm able to step out without seeing and knowing all of the steps. But I got to step out first. And, and the first time I do it, it's, it's, it's kind of awkward because you are used to and I'm used to uh, uh, walking by what I can see. And so God is now requiring us to walk in a way that is diametrically opposed to what we've been grown up to t- and taught to do. We've been taught to see it planned out, have every step in place. But guys, you're not when you're walking with God, every step won't be in place. And along the way, you're going to make some mistakes. But God is right there with you. Just make sure your heart is right. Just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and, and, and you're trying to give God the glory. So the, the perfection gap, some people won't, won't, won't start this growth journey because they, they figure, well, I, I don't have everything laid right out for me. So I'm going to just stay still till I get everything perfect. If you wait for everything to be perfect before you move, you'll never move. Some of y'all, I believe God is giving you all uh, uh, an urging to, to do certain things, whether it's in your career field or whether it's spiritually in ministry. But you won't move because you, you, you want everything to be perfect before you move. It ain't going to happen. Everything went perfect before we moved on building this building. But guess what? We're in here. Oh, y'all listen to me today. So the perfection gap, he talks about the inspiration gap. In other words, I don't feel like doing it. You may not feel inspired to pursue spiritual growth, but we are commanded to do spiritual growth and personal growth. Amen. Trust me, the benefits of committing to growing spiritually far outweigh staying right where you are. So even though you don't feel it, you can know what the word of God says. I've always told you, start doing what the word says, even though you don't feel it and let your feelings catch up with you. Amen. When you are obedient, amen, you'll eat the good of the land. But we got to start out by not just waiting to feel a certain way, but we're going to walk in obedience. So the inspiration gap, people don't feel led. Sometimes you don't feel led because you're not in the word to even know what the spirit of God is leading you to. I heard one guy say one time, if you don't feel led, guess what? We'll come up here and, and, and let you touch this thing right here, this lead saying here. And now you feel led. Now let's get to moving. The word of God said, do this. So don't, you want to feel that? Come feel this thing right now. Now do what the word says. Your feelings will mess you up. Because your feelings are a part of the soul realm, and the enemy has a way of manipulating the soul realm. Don't wait on how you feel, okay? Then he talks about the comparison gap. Others are better than I am. So I can't do this, Pastor, you got somebody else that's better. Listen, why are you looking at other people? Ministry is not about other people. It's about what God wants to do in your life. Amen. Quit looking at others. Amen. As a matter of fact, when you're trying to grow in faith, there may be others who can do stuff better than you can do. And that's good because you can learn from them. Just don't try to compare yourself to anybody. The only person we should be comparing ourselves to is Jesus Christ. And we're going to always find ourselves lacking when we compare ourselves to Christ Jesus. So the comparison gap, stop comparing yourself to everybody else. The expectation gap which is the last one we talked about. I thought it would be easier than this. Listen, people think that growth is easy. Sometimes it's not so easy because growing means that, in, it, that, that there are going to be times when you're going to be connected with people who are going to disappoint you. And when people disappoint you, it hurts, doesn't it? When people turn on you, people who, who, who have said in the past, I'm here to help you. I'm here to hold you up. I'm bought in. But then two years later, they're not in. Here's what I learned in ministry. And the quicker you learn this, the better off you're going to be. In ministry, people come and people go. 
Don't get so high when they come and don't get so low when they go. Because God will bring into this ministry, he'll bring people into your life who can help sustain you and encourage you and move you forward in faith. There are some people who are in your life for a season. And sometimes that season is up. And so you got to quit wallowing and crying and get, get up, dust yourself out like David did after, after David prayed and his son died and didn't come back. David said, okay, it's over with. God, you, I was believing you to, to do a miracle, but you didn't. But now that I know your will wasn't for him to come back, I'm getting back up. I'm going to praise the Lord. Why do you keep crying because your best friend walked out on you? Maybe it was that they were in your life for a season. Amen. Growth can be, hard, can, can be tough sometimes, but we got to keep moving forward. The ex- expectation gap. I thought it would be easier than this. When you're growing and when you're moving with God, sometimes people don't like it when they see that growth in you. Because now you stop doing some of the things that they were doing. Okay. So Moses grew and he got to the point to where God could leave. Let's go back to Numbers 13 with me right quick. So as you look at your outline, guys, let's keep moving forward here. There was a crisis at this place called Kadesh. And so y'all, we start out by reading this 13th chapter, uh, and let's move down, if we will, to a few following verses, because we saw where they picked out men to go out and spy out the land. Is that right? They picked out men to go spy out the land. At Kadesh Barnea, on the border of Canaan, because now y'all know that Canaan was the land of promise, that God says, I prepared this place for my people, Right? God says, I've given it to you. Every place that your foot treads upon, it is already yours. See, at Kadesh, the people at the border of the promised land, at the border of Canaan, the people of Israel foolishly forfeited their opportunity to enter that land and claim their inheritance. Now, some believe that Canaan was a picture of heaven, which it really was not because in heaven, there ain't going to be no enemies, right? In Canaan, they had enemies. You had to fight. Even though God said, I give it to you, they had to fight. So Canaan was not a picture of heaven. Rather, Canaan was a picture of the inheritance that God had planned for each of his children at that time. Amen. Today. Amen. Canaan is a picture of the work that he wants us to do. Canaan is a picture of the places he wants us to occupy. So God, God has an inheritance plan for us today. Listen. We don't have to wait till we get over yonder to shout my troubles over. Amen. Our theology for by and large in the church has been wait till I get over yonder to rejoice. And God says you can rejoice on this side because there's some things I want you to do on this side of heaven that can help get other people saved. And you can enjoy amen, life to its fullest because Jesus said in John 10 and 10, I've come that you may have life. And having more abundantly. So Canaan was not a picture of heaven. Canaan was a picture again of the inheritance God has planned for each of his children today. It was a picture of the work he wants us to do. It's a picture of the places he wants us to occupy. But guess what? Just because God wants you to occupy it don't mean you're going to occupy it. If you don't grow. If you don't commit to grow. Amen? If you don't commit to being where God wants you to be. So, so when we look at this thing... Um, The Lord has a perfect plan for each one of his children, but we can claim these blessings only by faith and obedience. Everybody say faith and obedience. What did Israel do at Kadesh? Okay, let's look at these right here. They committed five, five blatant sins. Everybody say blatant. 
Have you ever did something that was blatant? Have you ever committed a sin that was just right out, just flat out, there was no guess about it? You know that wasn't God's will. Okay, y'all, I need y'all to look at me. I need y'all to be honest about it. Since you've been saved, have you ever done anything that you knew wasn't right? Yes, we have. None of us in here should be proud of that. Right? Because when we expressly and explicitly go against what God's word says, that's the ultimate in rebellion. And that's what was happening with Israel here as he got them to the cusp of the land that he had promised them. So I want, I want in the time that I have left, let's look at these five sins and let's make sure these sins are not percolating and operating in our life. Okay? The first thing, blatant sin, that kept an entire generation from entering the promised land, what God had for them was, number one, they were doubting God's word. They began to doubt God's word. God had delivered his people from Egypt so they could enter the promised land and enjoy the blessings he prepared for them. But they doubted God's word. They took their first wavering step of doubt when they asked Moses to let them search out the land before the entire nation went in to engage the enemy in battle. Go with me right quick, if you will. Let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 1 and 22 right quick. Watch this. Deuteronomy 1 and verse number 22. Hallelujah. Are y'all still with me today? Everybody say preparing for greater blessing. God wants to prepare us. He wants to get us ready for what he has for us because God, God doesn't bring things to us, amen, and tells us he has it prepared for us and then try to keep us from getting the thing he has prepared for us. He wants us to have it, but we can't get it because many times we didn't prepare ourselves for it. He says, but you all came to me and said, first, Let's send out scouts to explore the land first. They will advise us on the best route to take and which towns we should enter. Now, again, when we look at this here, he says, but you all came to me, but you all came to me and said first, let's send out scouts. They were the ones who came up with the idea of sending spies into the land. That was not God's original idea. But here's what's happening here. Many times in our life, guys, when we have a rebellious nature, God will give you what you think you want. Are y'all listening to me today? Even Moses, Moses endorsed, look at verse 23. Moses endorsed their request and he got permission from the Lord to carry out that plan. But what we see is when you study it more deeply, it appears that God was letting the Jews have their own way. Okay, he was letting them have their own way, not because their way was the right way, but because he wanted to teach them a lesson. You know, sometimes our parents would do that. Okay, what you want to do? Go on, do it. And they let us go on and do it. And then, you know, five months later, we come back. Well, most of us won't even come back because we know they'd already told us before we did it. But we'll come another way. And come back and get their help when they told you, now listen, don't do it that way. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Here's what I learned with, our, with, with adult children. Uh, with adult children, I'm not talking about minors, children who are out on their own. Adult to me means you're out on your own and you're taking care of all of your responsibilities. As a parent, we need to be in an advisory mode because when you tell them everything to do, 
And some of y'all may be that type parent, you and your child's business. Let me say it again. Some of y'all may be that type parent who are all in your child's marriage, all in their adult life, trying to control and manipulate everything that they do. Step back. Teach them, train them, exhort them. But don't you tell them everything to do. You advise them. Now, give them the choices. Here's the godly choice. Here's the, here's the wise choice. Here's the ungodly choice and unwise choice. Choose you this day what you're going to do. Now, if I were you, I would do this, but the decision's up to you. So that now they won't come back and say, Mama, Mama, I did that just because you told me to do it. No, you did it, you did it because you wanted to do it. Are y'all listening to me today? So, so sometimes as parents, when we do that, it's to teach a lesson because sometimes kids want to do it. And how many of you know you can even in your minds I make the Lord be saying something that the Lord ain't saying? If you want something bad enough, you can hear the Lord say, Oh, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say. Oh, I hear the Lord saying, That's my husband. You, you really did. You, you know, the Lord will give you a, a choice. And sometimes we pick people because we want them, and then we try to put it over on the Lord. The Holy Ghost picked my husband. For, why y'all divorced now? Don't you think the Holy Ghost would have known what was going to happen before he chose that person for you? God gives you a choice. You are free moral agents. Are y'all with me today? So, so, so God here, he says, this seemed like a good idea to me, so I chose 12 scouts, one from each of your tribes. Now, again, uh, what we see here is God uh, is, is, is actually uh, allowing them because now they are entering into doubting God's word. If God had told you every place your foot is tread upon, I've already given it to you, then why you got to spy out the land and go see what it looked like and see if you're able to take it? If God has already said, I've given it to you. When God said, let's go, it's yours, guess what? I know it's mine. Now, there's some work I got to do, but I'm not going to doubt my ability to take care of what God has told me is mine. Can I get a witness? And so uh, the first sign of them doubting God's word was to ask to send spies over into the land. God is looking for a people who will trust him and take him at his word. So the first thing was they were doubting God's word. The second thing was they were discouraging God's people. They were discouraging God's people. Look, look with me. Again, you, you can see these accounts in Numbers and in Deuteronomy. But let, let's go back over to Numbers, the 13th chapter, verse number 26 right quick. Discouraging God's people. Sometimes a group can discourage you. Numbers 13, verse 26. Look at that right quick. To Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran, they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. Now, God had told them it was a land flow and milking honey. There was fruit everywhere. And now they're coming back with a report. Watch this, 27. This was, the, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Watch this. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next verse says what? The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Next verse says what? But Caleb, watch this. Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. 
Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Next verse says what? But the other men who had explored the land with him, what did they do? They disagreed. Now here we said Moses, uh, Caleb was trying to quiet the people because as they began to tell the story, people started getting a little stirred up, getting a little anxious. Because here we are, we got enemies over there. They look like giants. We like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And now people begin to get fear, fear in their hearts. See, these, these leaders, amen, who went out and did this were now stirring up the people to fear. Amen. He says, but the other men who had explored the land said, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. 32 and 33. And we're going to close out on this. I'm going to stop here. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we travel through and explore will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. There were some big folk over there. Giants. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. The question I ask you is this. How in the world do they know what the people in the land thought? He says, See, sometimes you can think people are thinking something about you that they ain't thinking about you. Sometimes you, you sit you sitting around over there percolating, getting all worked up, getting all bent out of shape because you think that person thought that about you and that person wasn't even thinking about you. You can sit there and, and well, you know, I, I know, I know they don't like me because they, they walked by me, they didn't speak at church. Maybe they didn't see you. And you with your insecure self. Getting all been out of shape, ready to leave the church because Sister Adams walked by and didn't speak to you. Look at what it says. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. These people now are discouraging the people. Leadership has to be very careful that you don't discourage people. Sometimes we have the committee or the group in the church that, that, that's always negative and talking about what we can't do. Now, I thank God that that's not, that spirit, for the most part, is not here. But I'm not so naive to believe that there are people who are, who are, who are negative nellies. People who are in the church who talk down everything that God is saying we want to do. Don't listen to the crowd. Listen to God. Everybody said, don't listen to the crowd. Listen to God. I'm going to stop here. But they were discouraging God's people. And don't ever be guilty of discouraging the people of God. Because everybody may not have the strength to push through like you have. Amen. Everybody may not be in a position where they've grown enough to where a discouraging word won't turn them around. If you're growing in your faith, you don't allow what people say to stop you from doing what God has told you to do. But there are others who are born again, but they're still on the growth scale. They're not there yet. And so they can be easily persuaded by somebody who's supposed to be, who's supposed to be, who is supposed to be spiritually mature. Y'all have to excuse me. Sometimes I get to talk a little bit too fast. You've been in the ministry 20 years, and now you're over there doubting. And taking your doubt and planting it in somebody else's mind. And that's what was happening. They were discouraging the people. That's a sin to discourage God's people. Now, I'm going to tell you something. As, as I get ready to close here. Jesus gave his life for you and I. He sacrificed his life 
so that we can walk in the promises of God. God has promises that are available for you and I. And when we fail to walk in those promises and experience those promises in our life, it's not because God doesn't want us to have it. Many times it's because we haven't prepared ourselves for the greater blessing. The land of promise is there for us. The promised land is a picture of what God has for us on this side of heaven. He wants us to occupy. He wants us to be in a position where we can go and get others. He wants us to be prepared so that we can be ambassadors for Christ. He gave his life out on Calvary. Amen. Hung, bled, and died. Buried and resurrected the third day morning so that you and I could be his ambassadors in the earth realm. So we can go forth and advance kingdom principles here in the earth. My question to you today is, have you prepared yourself to grow? Are you willing to step out and to, to, to start your spiritual journey? I know you've been saved, but I'm talking about this, this journey of growth. Are you really ready? Are you really ready to let God have all of you so it's your gift that can be used to help us to grow? That's the question that you got to ask yourself. Am I willing to lay aside my will and let his will take precedent in my life? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you.